Hello and welcome in. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska. I am joined by staff writer, also Inside Nebraska, Steve Mark. And Steve, we had I was going to say we saw a football practice. We definitely did not. We saw yeah. post-practice availability today, and it was defense day again. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Eric Shenander spoke, so did Travis Fisher. We had a smattering of players. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Hill, um, we had Stephon Wynn Jr., Colton Feast talked, and so did Oshawn Mathis, yeah. kind of the man of the hour, and Nick Henrich. Can't forget mm -hmm. the veteran um, that yes. also spoke in there as well. I guess you listened uh, quite a bit to Eric Shander, defensive coordinator. I guess what were your takeaways from what he had to say? Yeah, he said um, kind of the first question, the thing that everybody kind of wanted to know was how that scrimmage went on, right. on Saturday. And, you know, Eric, uh, he said, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad, kind of what you would expect the defensive right. coordinator to say. But he said, yeah, right now uh, the defense is working on really communication is kind of a big thing that they're working on, getting lined up uh, correctly, knowing the calls, knowing where you're supposed to go, knowing the uh, assignments and adjustments needed. So uh, that's an ongoing process, but it's to be expected. It's still in the middle of the fall camp. Um, but yeah, he's, he um, kind of went on to say that he would still like to see some some certain players separate themselves and, and maybe um, make it an easier decision on understanding who the first team uh, defense okay. is going to be and, and maybe who the backups are going to be. Um, so he said he's still wanting to see some some separation um, from 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 some from some players and, and some players emerge. Um, but then he went on to some really cool um, nuggets. I thought about just he went through basically all the levels of the defense and talked about who was standing out, who was doing well, what what specific players are doing specific things um, well. So that was that was really cool. And one of the things that, and I want to pick your brain here specifically on that interior defensive line, right? Yeah. Because that comes up quite a bit um, on the insider board. Um, you guys really love to know, like, what's happening with, with that interior defensive line, particularly what's happening after, besides Ty Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we got to hear from a couple of those guys today, but I guess we'll start here before we get to the guys. What did Chins have to say about those interior defensive linemen? Yeah, the two that, that caught my eye was the discussion points about Nash Hutmacher and Stephon Wynn Jr., the transfer from Alabama. Yep. Right now, uh, Shenander said that Nash Hutmacher is just a little bit ahead of Stephon Wynn okay. from a knowledge standpoint. Okay. And once Wynn, the longer he's here, the more he studies the game, the more he gets into the film room and, and watches and understand and understands what he's supposed to do on a given uh, snap, a given rep. You know, once he gets to that level where Nash is at right now, there's going to be two solid defensive interior linemen um, in, in front of Luke Reimer and Nick Henrik at, at linebacker. Um, and that's going to be a big, a big thing to watch this season is, you know, they had a lot of good guys, Ben Stilley, Damian Daniels, DeAndre Thomas, a good rotation at that. Veteran guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Veteran, strong guys who have played a lot of snaps of football. You go from that to Stefan Wynn Jr. and Nash Hutmacher, who don't have the same experience. So it's kind of just we're going to have to see how that plays out during the season. But right now, um, it, it just looks, I guess, like a, I want to say like a maybe a controlled um, kind of optimism, if, if that makes sense. Just kind of th those two guys, along with Colton Feist, too. Colton Feist got talked about a lot. What a story that kid has a chance to write. <laughs> yeah. um, just coming back, injury plagued during his whole career, basically. He's healthy now, and um, he's just looking good. He's looking good as, as a, as a walk-on from UTAN. Uh, uh, the message board likes to call him the Utanimal. I kind of <laughs> like that. Animal. I kind of yeah, like, like that, that myself, Man, too. Now, yeah, you got to root for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, with, with, with that core um, foundation at the interior, along with Ty Robinson, um, I, I think it, there's a chance for the interior D linemen to really kind of pick up where they left off with some new faces. 
differences from last year. Yeah, and it's really interesting that we the two of the guys that you mentioned there, well, all three, Nick, Nick Stefan Wynn and uh, Colton Feast, the Utanimal, that's going to stick with me. It is, um, yeah. They, all three of those guys spoke today, right? Yeah. And one of the things that um, both Wynn Jr. and Feast both mentioned was is that kind of that knowledge of the playbook and yep. getting ready um, to be able to contribute in a bigger way than they had been um, either at the previous stop in Wynn mm -hmm. Jr.'s case um, or in just here with, with the injuries as Feast is. And if Feast talked about, you know, that jump that he had to make, you know, from playing high school football here in Nebraska to then and walking on to then coming to Nebraska and trying to really be able to break out and show what he can do, if that transition has been interesting. So we'll probably have more on that um, throughout the week here. But but Wynn was interesting as well, just kind of the contrasting the differences between being at Alabama and being here in Chins. I also heard him say that, he, that Wynn came over with really good habits, right? Like <laughs> his hand placement. To be expected. Not right? surprising, not, like, surprising not surprising where he came from. Yeah, yeah. he definitely um, came over with good fundamentals and knowing what to do, but now it's just getting up to speed. And I mm -hmm. think if you're him, you're probably encouraged by hearing a coach say that that's the thing, the only thing that's holding you back right now is that knowledge of the playbook yep. because that will come. Uh, were there any other things that stood out uh, to you from today? So the edge defenders, and we got our first look with O'Shawn Mathis, yep. and boy, was I really impressed with him. Yeah. Like we, we saw all the social media stuff during his recruiting process out of the transfer portal. He was very just on social media and doing a lot of stuff yeah. along with his family members. His mom is, is very, very uh, popular on Twitter as well. But once he committed to Nebraska, he kind of just went radio silent. All of that went away. All of it went away. <laughs> and that's exactly what you want to see from a guy of his stature, a highly touted dude, to come in here and just like kind of just put the social media away and, 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 and understand that, hey, my process is done. It's over. I need to get to work. I need to get in the weight room. He talked about the how surprised I think he was about getting to Nebraska and their strength and conditioning program and how physically and mentally draining it is from, from all the work that Zach Duvall and everybody puts these guys through. It was not the same at Texas uh, TCU um, from what Oshan was saying, but uh, yeah, they said that um, Oshan was saying that Eric Shenander has been playing him more on the boundary side right now, which is better for pass rushing. Uh, just you kind of put your top edge rusher on, on the edge um, to the short side of the field. Um, but he's not just going to play on the boundary. They're going to move him around, obviously, because there's, piece out there. yeah, there's obviously a little guys like uh, Garrett Nelson. You may have heard of him yeah, and, uh, heard that guy. And, and a Caleb Tanner, who's also um, just had a, had a really good season last year and is kind of expecting more from from those two uh, this year. So, um, yeah, the, and that takes up kind of the edge rushers and then you get. Um, to the middle linebackers, Nick was obviously really good. He talked about the rotation yeah. that Barrett Rude wants to kind of do more of. Um, talked about Garrett Snodgrass, an in-state product from York, a former York Duke, just a veteran savvy guy um, who, who kind of knows the playbook and, and is, I think the coaches feel comfortable with him out there. But also, Etiva Malga Clevens, uh, the former junior college product, he, he, he's got a really, his asset is speed. I think he's good sideline to sideline and just a violent hitter from Luke, what, what Luke said. Uh, during his previous uh, post-practice session, and um, then Ernest Hausman, Ernie, uh, he keeps bringing up. Everybody keeps bringing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then we went to the uh, nickel nickelbacks. All three guys: Isaac Gifford, uh, Chris Klarovic, the former linebacker, inside linebacker, and then Javin Wright. Javin Wright is is uh, working there. All three of those guys, Eric Shenander said, are running with the first team uh, defense. So it's just an ongoing competition to see who, who emerges and, and what kind of skill sets. Because those three guys bring different sets. Yeah, of very different. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Different. So if, if an offense shows, shows one thing, maybe it's Chris Klarovic out there. If they show another, maybe it's Gifford or Wright. It's just kind of going to be a really interesting process to see 
you know, what the offense shows and what, what Shenander kind of wants, wants to match it with. Yeah, and I think that that to me, will, as we get to the back half of camp here and we start to get in kind of some of those really nitty-gritty finer details about what's happening with the defense, a defense that doesn't have as many, I think, big position battles as maybe the offense does. You've got a lot of pieces to move around on the offense. The defense, you kind of know who the guys are going to yep. be. It's just what order they're going to be um, and who can get out there. That nickel spot is definitely one that has mm -hmm. kind of a lot of intrigue around it, and in part because you saw with JoJo Doman last year, they had a guy that could do everything, yeah, all he, of those yeah. parts. Just not going to be likely that you have a guy like that come around. Well, we're, I think the more time goes by, the more we're going to learn that JoJo was a once in 10, 15 year type of a player around yeah. here for what he became at Nebraska. But they're going to try and figure that out. And I think that that's one of the real intriguing storylines for the defense going into this season. Yeah, I think we're learning right now that JoJo Doman was an incredible tool for Eric yeah. Shenander out there. That just a one-stop shop to just do everything right. out there. Uh, run support, pass defense, um, really, really everything. Uh, we didn't hear, at least I didn't um, hear too much about the defensive backfield, but we did get to see a little bit of Tommy Hill, who was in a position battle um, with Braxton Clark as the kind of the op um, starting opposite of Quentin Newsom at corner. Tommy Hill is a good-sized dude. Yeah. That's the first thing that I noticed, and we, we knew that before. He's six foot, around 200 pounds, um, and Braxton Clark's not small either. He's right. six foot four. He's just a massive uh, corner, but... Um, Thoughts on uh, Tommy Hill and kind of what he brings to the to the defensive to defensive backroom? Yeah, what he what both he and Travis Fisher mentioned about Tommy's game today was consistency, right? Yeah. It's, it's just about like Janander was saying about some of those guys like when learning the defense and being able to take what you're seeing in the film room and on the whiteboard and going out there and executing it quickly mm -hmm. on the practice field. They got a chance to scrimmage and really kind of get some of those live reps and see how that went. And now you just kind of build on that. And I think that that was one of the things that Tommy Hill really talked about was the ability to see what he did in the scrimmage and then go out there and try to correct that um, and try to just get faster at doing those sorts of things and making those decisions quickly. I think he's squarely in the mix and I think that his skill set um, is one that is needed. He's a confident guy as well. You yeah. definitely get that and you need that from mm -hmm. a corner, right? But I think that consistency is the thing that both he and Travis Fisher are looking for at this point. A direct quote from Shenander on Tommy Hill, every day he flashes. But like you said, it's the consistency factor that Shenander is looking for in that spot opposite Quentin Newsom at corner. So, um, look, I, that's going to be a competition all throughout fall camp. I, me personally, I wouldn't be shocked if we're seeing a rotation against North Northwestern yeah. with Tommy and Hill and Braxton to Clark. Into the Absolutely, and that could be at many positions, yeah. running back included. Um, but we're sticking with defense today. Yeah, so. defensive day. Yeah. But hey, that, that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Make sure we'll have continued coverage here, both on YouTube. You'll be able to find all of those videos that we just talked about from the different player interviews. We'll have all the coaches that talk today as well right here on the YouTube page. So make sure that you're liking the video, subscribe to the, to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Also, go subscribe, nebraska.rivals.com. We'll have continued written coverage of everything that we've seen so far this week and throughout the rest of the fall camp. As before we know it, the 22 season will be kicking off in Dublin against Northwestern. We'll catch you guys next time. Cool.